I can't tell you how happy and excited I am that my five-day boot camp freaking sold out, you guys. I am overwhelmed with the response. I am so happy. I even have a student coming down from New York to come see me and spend five days with me learning how to cake, decorate and bake from scratch. Um, and the demand was like so overwhelming that I actually opened up a new date and it's going to be in July. And I'm going to tell you all about it. I mean, I'm so excited. If you didn't get a chance to sign up for the five-day boot camp for the month of June, hit me up for the month of July. Only four spaces are going to be available because I really want to just have that attention to detail to each and every one of my students. In this five-day bootcamp, my goal is to transform you from a hobby baker to a cake designer. That sounds beautiful, doesn't it? We spend the first day baking from scratch. We're going to make buttercream and simple syrup. We'll also spend another day making fondant from scratch in different colors. Each recipe used in class is yours to take home. And I'm going to add some bonus recipes too. So even though we're not going to make all the recipes, but at least you'll get them and you'll be able to make them at home with the full instructions and details um, on how to make it. You will decorate a one-tier buttercream cake and you will stack and decorate a two-tier fondant cake. And you're going to learn proper structuring and how to achieve those coveted sharp edges. So in total, you're going to be taking two cakes home. Another day is dedicated to making fondant figures and we'll also create all other edible decorations, including some with the Rice Krispie treats and we're going to be using those for our final project. In between all this jam-packed learning, we will discuss the business of baking and on the final day, we'll spend hours on how I keep my schedule organized and efficient, cake tastings, pricing, flavor menu, and we will have time for Q&As. So if you've been itching to ask me those questions, this will definitely be your chance to get it right from the horse's mouth. I've spent years mastering the craft of being a cake designer, and I strive to teach others how to reach new skills and confidence. You no longer have to wait for months to learn the basics. You will feel confident enough to start making a profit from the comfort of your home. All supplies will be provided along with refreshments for all five days. Each student will take home written instructions, my very own recipe book, two fully decorated cakes, and best of all, a new career and a clear path to opportunities as a cake decorator. Again, only four students will be accepted for personalized attention to each student. A $200 non-refundable deposit, non-transferable deposit is required. And the final payment is due June 25th. So you guys, if you're interested, hit me up. Go to the link on this show and sign up. You won't regret it. You're listening to Baking a Boss, a podcast for the modern Latina cake designer. I didn't always dream of having my own business as a cake designer, but when my son was diagnosed with autism, I left my job to be a full-time mom and housewife. But being the independent Latina that I am, I needed more. So I discovered a passion for cake decorating, business, and marketing strategies. I was able to turn a hobby into a six-figure income working from home, and now it is my mission to help Latinas like you turn their hobby into a profitable business from the comfort of your home. Join me as we discuss topics common in our community and listen as I bring you a new perspective on life, business, money mindsets, and what it takes as a Latina woman to be successful in an extremely saturated industry. All of this with a sweet side of azúcar. Let's get started. This week, I had a pretty chill week when it came to actually being able to get my hands dirty, como dicen por ahí, um, decorating cakes and whatnot. I had like six orders, which is not a lot for me. Um, everything was pretty easy peasy this week, which I actually appreciated because this week um, I focused a lot on networking and making contacts and um, really getting myself out there. I realized that I've always said that I'm like an introvert, but the reality is, is that I just haven't really met my tribe yet. Um, I do have people that support me and my business endeavors and they support me as a person, but to really find, you know, 
your group that you click with when you are able to talk to like-minded people about business and they actually understand where you're coming from. Um, I feel like this podcast started with me wanting to help others, especially women in the Hispanic community. Um, but to be completely honest with you, it has shifted into not only being able to interview amazing people, which I do have more coming, um, and I cannot wait to share with you guys what I have coming up, but it has also given me an avenue where I can discuss my ideas and I can let others kind of pick at my brain where I'm at because um, for the most part, I'm home, right? I'm working from my home bakery and my kids are at school, my husband is at work, and I'm just here by myself, not really talking to anybody, but my brain is constantly on the go. I just don't stop. And it's hard sometimes to gather my thoughts because I don't have um, like an avenue to let that out. And I feel like this podcast allows me to do that it's kind of like all my listeners are my dear diary type of thing you know um which is great for me but I know it's also great for others because the feedback that I've been getting from my listeners has been really great um because I'm gonna say things how I feel them I'm gonna I'm not gonna try to sugarcoat anything pun intended um you know being in business is not easy and so much can happen and you really can go in so many different directions, especially in this industry. I feel like there's so much that you can do. Um, and so I'm very glad that I started doing more networking heavily. I had said it earlier in the year that my goal for this year was to hit it really hard on the networking end. Um, and I have joined an organization that really has helped me get myself out there. And through that, so many doors have opened. It has been really amazing. And so on Tuesday, I was invited to sponsor the event. It was a speed networking event. So speed networking basically is kind of like speed dating. I don't know if you guys have done that. I don't know if like Latinas do that. I don't know. Because honestly, um, I met my husband at church and I've only been... <laughs> Uh, with one man my entire life. I only dated one man my entire life. So it's like, I don't know anything about the dating world, to be honest with you. Um, but of what I've heard, like speed dating is kind of like a bunch of people just go to like one place and you sit at a table across from each other and you have like three minutes to talk to that one person and then a timer goes off and then you switch to another table and so on and so forth. So the speed networking was exactly like that, except that we actually were able to talk to vendors. So it's really great because I'm pretty good when it comes to like one-on-one -on -one communication. If you put me in a group setting, um, I get a little bit more shy. Um, but if I'm talking to a person like one-on-one, -on -one, I ask like to the point, like directo al grano, preguntas and kind of like, I really want to pick at your brain and know what you're all about, what is your business model, what, you know, what you have going on. Um, I'm very interested in knowing, like, how are you in business? How are you doing um, post-pandemic? How are you doing? Uh, what did you do during um, the pandemic? Um, and it's just really amazing to see people of all kinds of different industries, but they're all relative. Like, when you all come together, it's all in the event industry. Um, and it's just really, it was such an amazing experience. So I was able to be the, I actually was, so one person usually at these things, one person stays sitting down for the entire time. And then the person across from you is the one that is the mover. So they're the ones that shift from one person to the other, to the other, right? So um, I was actually just sitting down and I was, able to sponsor the event and I made um, cupcakes for everybody. That was the dessert. Uh, we did it at a, a hotel at a resort and the resort provided um, the coffee and refreshments and some like light bites and it was really nice and delicious. Um, but I provided the dessert and I provided cupcakes. And you guys, I always take my best-selling vanilla almond to these things. El bizcocho más de Puerto Rico, and let me tell you something: the Americans they love it. 
they love it. And some of, some of them were coming up to me like, how do you get it so moist? Like for them, it's moist. Para nosotros, nosotros sabemos que es mojadito, pero for them, it's moist. And they're like, how do you get it so moist? And I'm like, well, I could tell you, but then I have to kill you. And that's just kind of like my thing. And they just laugh about it. I'm like, it's a, it's a Hispanic thing. It's a Puerto Rican thing. Um, but it's no secret what our secret really is, right? Um, but it's just, they and they told me how amazing it was and how they've had other people sponsor with their cupcakes and whatnot. And it's just, they, they taste kind of like just any ordinary cupcake, um, but mine just takes it to another level. And that's the beauty of like our culture, right? That we really have infused those flavors. And the fact that I can add my or infuse my culture into my work and share that with others and get their feedback and the feedback is so good it feels amazing so um for the cupcakes i made these um little cardstock i want to say kind of like little business cards but i did them in like little circles with my qr code for my instagram and i glued them to gold cardstocks that was a little a size a little larger so it kind of had like a little pop of gold and then it had my pink logo on it and the qr code so it was attractive and i added i made them really pretty i decorated them pink and white uh with different piping tips and i added sprinkles i did gold and white sprinkles different sizes and i added edible glitter that's my thing um if you've ever seen my work I, I glitter to everything except for boys' cakes. I don't do it for boys' cakes, but I, I glitter to everything. And they that was another thing that they were commenting on was the fact that they were actually really pretty and it was like attractive. And that's what you want to do. Like you don't want to just, if you're going to do something, do it right. If you're going to want to attract the attention and get the attention of the group that you're trying to pursue, then you have to think outside the box. So my idea was of putting the business cards instead of me giving each person that i was meeting a business card my business card was my cupcake so they would have to go grab the cupcake they had my qr code on the cupcake and then they would remove the the card which is the business card and then they can enjoy the cupcake so then they eat the cupcake and they can go follow me on instagram so you it's like, and to be honest with you, it, it occurred to me that same morning um, to do that. And I don't know why, like crazy ideas like that happen to me constantly and um, just like spur of the moment. And I was very glad that I, I did that because the, the feedback that I got from it was really great. And it just made me feel like I was doing something right. Um, so the first, I felt, you know, pretty confident going in and I was a little bit nervous I won't lie I was a little nervous because I didn't know what to expect it was my first one being like that one-on-one -on -one. and I actually took my mom with me um, I take my mom with me to these events often because she is retired um, early, early retirement like since she was in her 40s because she was diagnosed with breast cancer um like 15 years ago and she had a mastectomy and it was a malpractice so even though god god you know to be god to god the glory that she is um cancer free but the mastectomy that they did on her was a malpractice so they messed her up and my mom lives like in pain constant pain and um so she can't really hold a job or anything like that so she's home a lot and i tell her mommy you know Vente conmigo para que te distraigas la mente. And you see people, you talk to people, and she loves it. My mom, me and my mom are very different when it comes to that. I'm more um, conservative. She's more out there, more talkative. And since her field, when she was working in corporate America, was human resources, and she was director of human resources for a couple of hotels and resorts, she kind of knows the lingo. So she loves it. And she loves everything that has to do with the event industry as well. And she used to do um, event planning part-time and flower arrangements and the whole nine. She knows all of it. So she she was really in her element. And they separated us. So she was a shifter. She was going from table to table, meeting people and asking questions. And she would talk to them about me and my business and what I do. And she made a lot of contacts too. Um, 
And it was, it was great because people were saying, we're so thankful that you brought your mom. This is so good that you bring your mom to these things. And she's such an amazing woman and it's fun to talk to her. And I'm like, perfect. So I'm just going to keep bringing her to these events with me. And so um, the first person that I talked to was a, or is a photographer. Um, but he's more like a, no, I'm sorry, not a photographer. He's a DJ. Um, he's in the entertainment industry, but he has two businesses. So he does photography, but he also does business coaching, which I thought was interesting because I didn't tell him that I am also a business coach. Um, and here's the kicker. He said, so talk to me about your business. And I told him, um, everything that I do and whatnot. And he's like, so what is your what is your thing right now? And I said, well, right now I'm trying to get more into the wedding industry, which is why I was networking because in that, um, this specific organization is weddings only. Um, and this is what I want to do. I want to dedicate myself more to weddings. Um, because I want to take a step back, um, from birthday cakes, even though birthday cakes right now are my bread and butter, right? Um, and I'm going to explain every, my entire uh, thought process behind everything that I'm going to talk to you guys about today. But birthday cakes are pretty much my bread and butter right now. And, um, but it's no, no secret that you make more money in doing wedding cakes, okay? It's just what it is. But the thing for me is that I find it that I can make a wedding cake from start to finish the typical wedding cake i'm not talking about something super extravagant but the typical wedding cake i can usually do it like decorated in max five hours max and i'm exaggerating i have done some wedding cakes and in under two hours they're done from start to finish okay not counting this is just decorating and stacking this is not counting um, baking time and crumb coating and whatnot. If you're going to count that from start to finish, then I would say five hours. Okay. But I've had birthday cakes that have taken me 10, 15, 20, 24 hours to make for less of the price, less of the cost than a wedding cake, as crazy as that may sound. Right. So I'm like, I want to book more wedding cakes because I can make more money doing wedding cakes and do less work doing wedding cakes, okay? And I'm all about working smarter, not harder. And everybody understands that cakes is a very physical, hands-on career. There's just no way around it. You have to do all of it. Um, and it can be trying on your body like your shoulders your back your hands your eyesight you know your your neck your spine everything your legs everything is affected by the work of it and so I was thinking I really want to get more into the wedding industry and I told him about the birthday cakes and whatnot and he's like oh but do you want to open a shop and I told him well I did have one so this is where the conversation got interesting for those of you that don't know, um, post, I want to say like, like in the middle of the pandemic, pandemic started in 2020. In 2021, I opened a cake shop in Winter Park. And this was a short-term lease. So basically, I signed the lease on for a year. Um, but the kicker was that there was no long-term lease available for that specific space. They told me that it was just not an option at the time. They were just trying it out to see if a cake shop really fit in with the aesthetic and the goals of the plaza, okay? Because the owner literally owned the entire plaza. That and a bunch more property all over the Central Florida area, specifically the Winter Park area, which is where I was. I was in Winter Park um, in the Trader Joe's Plaza. So I, I said, okay, um, then I'll, I'll do short term. That's fine. And they said, well, if after a year, um, you want to, we see that everything is good and you're making money and 
you know, if you make money, we make money, the businesses around you make money, then we'll consider doing long term. And I said, perfect. So I signed the paperwork. And then about three weeks after I got an email from the property manager and she said, hey, uh, we have a tenant that is interested in that space. They're willing to sign long term. But we want to give you the opportunity first to see if you want to go ahead and sign long term. And I said, but what do you mean? Like you told me that long term was not an option. And she's like, oh, well, it became an option. Um, and they're interested in it. I was paying $2,100 for the rent. That was my lease. It was $2,100. That's not counting the utilities, okay? It was just the space. And I said, okay, well, what is the fee? What is the rate for long term? And she said it was said, uh, $6,500. $6,500 for 1,100 square feet, okay? And I said, whoa, like, no, I can't pay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I cannot pay $6,500 for a space. And um, she's like, well, nothing is set in stone yet. They still have to go through approval, so we'll keep you posted. And I was like, okay. Then I didn't hear back from them. Grand opening came. A few months later, same thing happened. And I was freaking out. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, these people are literally trying to push me. I, yeah, a ese punto yo sentí como que ellos me cogieron de boba. Obviously, that's exactly what happened. Um, they try to fool me. And really, their goal was to get me in there, fix up the place, and then lease it out to someone else. And at, after seven months of being open, it finally happened that they gave me a 30-day notice. Someone did sign the lease long-term. And I had 30 days to vacate the property. So it was either I vacated the property or they could have moved me to another property. But this other property, um, I had to build it from scratch. It was just an empty space. It didn't have a kitchen. It didn't have a hood. And in certain cities, like certain counties, you have to have a hood for the oven, which it doesn't make any sense, or like a grease trap, that doesn't make any sense either because baking doesn't require any of that stuff. Um, in, in the city of Orlando, you don't need that, but apparently in Winter Park, you did. And I put that place up to code. I had to fix the hood, which that alone was almost $2,000. Um, I had to clean out the grease trap, which was another grand. Um, I had to redo renovating the entire space. It was awful in there. We had to seal even the doors and the windows. I mean, there were like lizards and pests coming in there all the time. We added security. We added cameras. We added, you know, we did the whole pest control thing plus all my equipment, everything. I want to say that in total, we lost what we invested around $30,000. And so our savings were depleted. So by month seven, we were making profit. I'm not going to lie. We were making really good money while we were in the shop. But it was just enough to cover my expenses at the shop to be able to pay my employees because I had a couple of people on payroll and for me to be able to pay my house income. At the time, my husband had decided to resign his job and help me out with the shop and with the kids and everything. So my the income from the shop was it. That was the only money that we were making, okay? And so it was enough to cover everything and for us to be okay, but it wasn't enough for me to be able to put back what I had invested. Um, we had not gotten to that point yet. And so going into another commercial space was not an option, even though that's what I really wanted. It was just not an option. So instead, my husband converted my garage into, or our garage, into a bakery. And he sealed it off. We put a mini split in there and everything. Um, so if you guys follow me on Instagram or TikTok, you'll be able to see the entire tour of that. Um, and that's where I work from right now. So it's been a year and a half since I've been back at home working. So I told him that story and I said, so yeah, so I had the shop and now I'm working from home. And then he asked me this question. Um, he said, so what's your plan now? And I literally, I couldn't answer him. I looked at him and I'm like, 
I don't know. And he's like, well, how come you had a plan before and now you don't? And I said, because I feel like almost everybody who starts a career in the cake industry, the ultimate goal is to have a store one day. And I did that. I wanted to have a store. That was my dream. But it didn't work out the way that I thought. And so that dream went away. And now I don't have a plan. And so I have goals, you guys. It's not like I'm going around willy-nilly, like just going around not doing, not knowing what I'm doing. Like I have a purpose. I know where I want to go. I want to go more into the wedding industry. I know that much. I want to teach more classes. Oh, and this is the reason why I wanted to dedicate myself more to the wedding industry and not just do birth and try not to do any more birthday cakes. Um, hopefully it will get to that point. It's because I want to dedicate more time to teaching. I really want to do that. And um, I cannot teach at the capacity that I want to do it if my main focus has to be my cake business because that's just what it is right now, right? So I need to be able to produce more money while working less so that I can dedicate myself more to my teaching, okay? And so it's like, it's not a plan, it's goals at this point, but I really, I don't have a plan. And after I met, like after I talked to him, guys, it was only five minutes and so much was said in those five minutes. He asked me, well, what motivates you? And I said, I don't know. He, I was dumbfounded. I felt like stupid, honestly. Like I felt like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. Completely had the imposter syndrome come at me like, what are you doing here? You don't know what you're talking about. This guy's going to think that you are just like full of caca, you know? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what can motivate you is money, security, stability, your family, your children. And I said, um, I don't do this for my kids. I don't. I do it because I do it for the money so that I can make sure that my kids are set, but it's not necessarily for them. I guess I do it for the money. And he's like, well, that's good. You should do it for the money. You shouldn't just do this because you love it. Because if we if if we really just got paid for doing what we love, like how realistic is that, right? Like I'm not saying that I don't love making cakes because I do. But it's not the making cakes that I love. It's the satisfaction that I feel whenever somebody picks up their order or I deliver something. And it's the smiles that I see. It's the reactions that I get from people. Making people happy. That really fills me up. It, it fills my cup so much. But what fills my bank account, <laughs> I really love that more, right? So let's be honest. I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys. So what motivates me right now is money. Why um, money? Because honestly, like I cannot live. You cannot make a living if you don't have money. It's just with money comes security. With money comes financial freedom. It comes freedom, period. Uh, you have the stability of not having to think about where am I going to get the money to pay for this? Or if life, you know, comes at you, like how many people right now can say if their car breaks down, God willing, nothing happens to anybody, right? But if their car breaks down, can you afford to fix your car? Do you have enough in savings to fix your car? If your car is unfixable, do you have money right now to go buy a new car? A lot of people have suffered in this economy. Like, it's been very hard for, and it's been very real for a lot of people. So I cannot continue or I cannot pretend that money is not important and that, you know, it's not that I'm money hungry. I am money driven. And I have to think like that. If you're not money driven, then what are you doing? You're wasting your time, right? You have, if you're in business, you're not in business just for the love of it. If you wanted to do something for free because you love it, then open up a nonprofit organization and make cakes for free for people just for the heck of it. But if you're in business, you have to make money. That's just the, the root of it. But he left me thinking all week long 
how I don't have a plan. And even yesterday, I was telling my husband and I said, I had one. My plan was to have a shop and I did that. And it got taken away from me when I wasn't ready to let it go because we were doing really well. And had that situation not happened, we would have been doing even better. Even better, you guys. The numbers do not lie. I just did my taxes two weeks ago. And even working from home, that income, the sales income and the sales um, money that keeps coming in keeps increasing. And it's not increasing like $5,000 a year. It's increasing like it's doubling every year. My income went up 50% since last year. And that together is more than I did when I was at the shop. So it is completely possible to work from home and make a, make a living working from home doing what we're doing, okay? Still producing a six-figure income. Now, here's the kicker. I used to freak out because the law for cottage food bakers, uh, cottage food bakers, como que no puedo hablar, uh, in the state of Florida was $15,000 in sales, okay? Then the governor increased that to $50,000. So when I was making $15,000 in sales, I started to freak out and I was like, okay, I gotta start looking into renting a space because I'm already making $15,000 in sales. And you know, if I wanna have a legitimate business, then I need to do things right. Then that was quickly changed to $50,000. And I said, okay, great, awesome, $50,000. That sounds good. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money to make in a year, you know, from making case from home. Then when I was reaching that, I was at $48,000. And I said, holy crap, uh, I'm going to have to start looking at a space. This, this was three years into doing my business, okay, three years. And to the point where I started holding back and turning orders down because I wasn't quite ready to open a space, but I didn't want to reach that $50,000 um, goal yet. So I had to turn orders down. And then um, it got to the point where I was making more than $50,000 and I had to really consider opening a shop. And this is when the shop happened. Um, I was taking a big risk by making more money then it's allowed in the state of Florida, working from home in the food business, basically. So that's when I opened the cake shop. So then when I had the whole situation, um, this was in October of 2021, that same summer, the governor had increased that to $250,000, okay? So I thought, okay, then I'm going to go back home. I'm good. 250,000, that's crazy. There's no way. So I'm just saying right now, I am probably about, if the numbers don't lie and the numbers keep going the way that they're going and the trend keeps going the way that my accountant told me, I literally have two more years to seriously think about having to open a shop again or possibly making a shift from making cakes to teaching full-time. I'm not kidding about this. So I find myself again at a crossroad where I don't have a plan. There's things pushing me in one direction. I don't know what I want to do. Part of me wants to open a cake academy, but part of me wants to open an, a shop, but something different. And here's the thing. In that vet networking event, I met more people, tons more vendors, amazing people, you guys, so many ideas, so many things. I met um, a, makeup, a makeup artist that her style and her specialty is natural glam. And I'm like, what's natural glam? And she said, it's makeup that it's meant to enhance your natural beauty. It's not like it's earth tones, it's nude colors. It's just looking like yourself on your wedding date, but a little more enhanced. It's not like a whole art thing. Like some women don't even look like themselves on the wedding day. And that's exactly what they want. But some women, they like to keep it natural and they want to look like themselves. So that's what she does. So that's her specialty. 
um, I met a Disney wedding planner that she does not for the Disney fairy tales because Disney fairy tales, they have their own team. Um, but she does the Disney weddings that would be for Disney Springs. And I made a contact with her and because I made that contact with her and we clicked, she's adding me to the preferred wedding. So now I'm going to be, a, I'm a preferred wedding cake vendor for the Disney spring weddings. So that is, that in itself is huge. When I tell you guys to get out there and do the networking and do the footwork and talk to people, I, I mean that you don't know what doors God is going to open for you. All you have to do is knock on them. And never did I thought that I would become a preferred wedding cake vendor for Disney Springs. You guys, that's huge. That is huge. And all because I went to this event and they got to taste my stuff. They got to see my, my cakes too. They got a direct link to my Instagram and they were able to see everything. So I made that contact. I talked to other people. Another person that stood out to me the first thing she, I'm like, what, what are, what is your name? And she told me, my name is so-and-so. I am a luxury photographer. And I said, I looked at her and I said, well, what makes you a luxury photographer? Because a lot of people, they say luxury uh, cake designer, luxury videographer, luxury this, luxury that. But show me what, what is luxury? She gave me her business card and she's like, feel that. And I'm like, your business card? She's like, yeah, feel it. It was black with gold letters. And I felt that. And I said, is that velvet? She's like, yeah, luxury. And I, said, I was like, you have black velvet business cards with gold embellishments? And she said, it's real gold. And I said, shut the front door. <laughs> She's like, it's luxury. And I don't give this business card to everybody. So I took the business card and I gave it back to her because I was like, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. You don't give your business card to everybody. She said, no, no, you can keep this one. So I did. I kept it. I looked at her stuff, guys, and it's incredible. It's really incredible. But I asked her, what makes you a luxury photographer? And she went through everything. She has a penthouse suite in the downtown Orlando area by Lake Eola, okay? She has for her weddings, she only does weddings, luxury weddings, right? She only works with high-end clients, serious high-end clients only. And she has a photography viewing party for the bride, the groom, their parents, and the entire bridal, um, the whole wedding party, like the bridesmaids, groomsmen, et cetera, et cetera. For them to come to the penthouse suite about a week after the wedding or two weeks or whenever, just after the wedding period, so that they can come see the edited photos and they can come and choose what package they want. But that's not all. She throws them a party at this penthouse. She throws them a party. And in this party, she includes champagne. She includes charcuterie board or whatever food. She'll have caterers come out. She'll have a personal chef come out. She'll have massage therapists there. They'll do facials. They'll do manicures or pedicures. It's all she presents to them this entire package. She has a... Um, music in the background she does the ambiance for them to kind of get in the feel of what their wedding day was so that they can select the photos and the packages that they want so she's selling to them an experience and she's including that in her price i don't know how much this woman charges i'm going to be completely honest i don't know how much she charges but when she said luxury, she was not kidding. She meant luxury. When have you ever heard of a photographer doing an after party for the wedding so that they can view their edited photos? Usually, 
the photos just get emailed to you digitally, right? And then you just go and choose and download whatever you want and that's it. But she goes the extra mile for her couples and she's really presenting to them luxury. So I completely understood it. And she's, and I said, why did you start doing that? And she said, because I wanted to get paid a certain amount of money. And if you price yourself too low, the people that have real money are not going to contact you. And I said, really? And she's like, yeah. And I know this, guys. I know this for sure. The people that really want to, they don't want to spend $600 on a wedding cake. They want to spend at least $3,000, three to $5,000, maybe even more. There's people that literally will spend half a million dollars on a wedding cake. And they want a certain wedding cake designer to make that cake. Okay. Why? Why do we have to stay in a small bubble and think so small and think like we could never do something like that? That's extravagant. Why can't we think that big and say my plan and my goal is to charge $10,000 per wedding cake, $20,000 per wedding cake? Why can't we set that bar? If she could find clients that are paying for her photography services and choosing these extravagant packages where they can get manicures and pedicures while they're choosing their wedding photos we could definitely find wedding cake clients or clients period that are going to pay top dollar and this is where that mentality that mindset comes in and i feel like talking to her really got me thinking so first I had this guy that tell, that's asking me if I have a plan. And then I have this girl telling me what her plans are and what she does. And I felt like I have so much information in my mind and so many things um, like were thrown at me. I'm like overflowing right now. I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of things that I really, I really need to think about. And that's the beauty of going to these events. And that's the beauty of talking to people and com going out of your comfort zone because it really does open up your mind to new possibilities that maybe, maybe you like me don't have a plan right now and you're just doing this because you're just trying to make some money. Maybe your plan right now is just to be able to buy a house or pay off your, your car or put your kids through school or whatever it is. But what happens after? What happens after you buy the house? You know, like I had a plan to buy a house. I bought a house. I have a car. I have a great car. I'm putting my kids through private school. My oldest son goes to college in a year. He graduates in 2024. And I'm saving money for his college because I don't want him to have to worry about that or get into student debt or anything like that. Those are little plans. But what is my final plan? So I'm thinking different things. I'm thinking so much about the Cake Academy, which I love. Part of me loves to teach. Part of me loves the wedding industry. Um, so I'm torn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put it out there. I'm torn. I don't know which way I should go. And... So this is where talking to God comes in, right? This is where my faith comes in and my relationship with God comes in. Because the Bible tells me that man makes plan and God laughs at them, right? Because we could plan, but what he wants for us may not be parallel to what we want for ourselves. So when I wanted my house and I wanted to open a cake shop and I wanted a car and I wanted all the, the, all the things that I have now, I wrote them down in a notebook that I still have. But it's not a manifestation notebook, you guys. It's not. I don't do that. You guys know that. I don't believe in that. 
it's a prayer journal. And these are my letters to God. And all those things, I wrote them down long time ago. When I wanted my house, I wrote specifically how I wanted it. I said, I want it in a cul-de-sac. I want three bedrooms, two bathrooms. I want a garage, a two-car garage. I want a bonus room. I want a backyard, a white fence around the yard. I want it to be close to my parents in a good area, but I want it to be centralized enough where my clients can still come to me. And I wrote all that down. And when we found this house, it was exactly, exactly how I described it to God of how I wanted it. When I walked into this house, I got chills in my entire body. My husband was working. He wasn't even able to come because it was just like a spur of the moment thing. The realtor called me and she said, Jody, it has to be now. You have to go now or you can't go for another two weeks. And I said, okay, I'm going now. I went over there with my mom. And as soon as I walked in, I started to cry. And I called my husband on FaceTime and I said, this is our house. We are home. And he said, well, uh, let me see the house. So I gave him a tour through with the camera. He's like, if you think that's the one, then let's go for it. And I said, this is the one. And within 21 days, we have signed our, our closing papers. Like we had the keys to our house. Because this is the house that God had for us. So when it comes to wanting things and the desire to do things, I really, my advice is to write them down and present them to God in prayer. And whatever is going to be for you is going to be for you. So if you're lost like me, because honestly, I want to say I am lost. I, at this, at this moment in my life, I'm lost because I feel like I'm at a crossroads again. And my life is constantly, uh, constantly reaching uh, crossroads. And I walk miles and miles and miles, and then I come at a crossroads, and I don't know which way to go. So if you're like me, and you're like, okay, what do I do? Which way do I go? Put it in prayer. Give it to God. And he'll definitely guide you, and he'll definitely open the doors. And you're going to come to the realization like, okay, this is it. This is what I should be doing. To this day... I don't know why I went through what I went through when I had the shop. My dream was to have a cake shop. And it was very short-lived. Very short-lived. I felt like I wasn't ready. Truth being told, I was not happy. Being in that position, working away from my home, away from my kids, away from my family. 16, 17 hour days. It was crazy. The demand was wild. I'm grateful. I'm thankful for that. Um, full circle moment. When I had announced that we were opening the shop, the day of the grand opening was going to be, uh, it was April 8th at 12 p.m. It was a Thursday. And around 11 a.m., this couple, they knocked on the door. And my assistant, Stephanie, she was there and she's like, oh, we're not open yet. We open at 12. So they were our first customers. And, and I said, no, no, it's okay. You can come in because we were like, we were ready. We were all ready. And I said, come in. Thank you so much. You guys are our first customers. And I took a picture with them and everything. First customers. Okay. And last week, I got a call from my good friend, Flor. She works. She Her business is Nona Entwined Events. And she's an event planner. She's one of my, like, we do almost all of our events together. I do um, almost all her cakes for her events. And she said, Jody, I have a couple here that they need a quinceanera cake for their daughter for March of next year. And I told them that I work 
closely with a cake vendor. And when I started showing them your page, they remembered that you had a cake shop and they couldn't find you after that. So I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. And I talked to them, Mr. and Mrs. Gonzalez. I'm never going to forget them. They were my first customers. And then they couldn't find me after I, I closed the shop. They couldn't find me. I guess they didn't follow me on social media or whatever it was. They couldn't find me. And somehow they had contacted Floor for her to be the decorator and the planner for their daughter's quinceañera. And of, and of course, since we were together, they were thrilled to hire me for their daughter's quinceañera cake package. So it's going to be cake and treats. But it was a full circle moment. Like they were my first customers at the cake shop. And now I'm doing a special celebration cake for them. So it just, it made me want that feeling of interacting with the people like that, seeing their faces. Like I'm going to do another podcast about the cons, pros and cons of having a shop and pros and cons of working from home. I think I'm going to do that for the next one. So you guys, you have to come and listen because I have a lot to talk about that subject. Um, and maybe getting that out of my system will actually be my aha moment. You know what I mean? Like it'll probably help me gather my thoughts together also and try to figure out what I want to do. For now, I'm going to keep making cakes. I'm going to keep making that money. I'm going to keep teaching classes whenever I get the chance to. I'm having to plan ahead, like months ahead, in order to be able to make these classes work. I have my June uh, boot camp that's sold out. And I opened one in July and the one in July still has availability. So whoever's interested, it's more than welcome to sign up. Um, And I have a fondant class that I'm going to do live on Zoom on May 1st um, at 7 p.m. And it's going to teach you how to make your own fondant and how to cover your cake in the paneling um, technique. So if you're having trouble with that or you want to know about the fondant, it's an amazing, amazing recipe, you guys. It's super, super good. Um, then go ahead and sign up. Go to my website, orlandocakeacademy.com, and sign up. It's going to be live on Zoom, 7 p.m., May 1st. So next week, I'll talk about the pros and cons of hiring a cake shop and the pros and cons of working from home. And I think that probably will help me get some clarity. But until then, I'll keep grinding, I'll keep working, I'll keep doing the podcast, and you guys are going to be my dear diary. And anything that I can help you guys with, please feel free to send me a message. I am here for you. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the sweet. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me reach more Latina listeners like you who also want to grow their cake business. Visit my website, orlandocakeacademy.com, and join my email list for updates, new program announcements, and future classes. You can also find me on Instagram at bakingaboss. Thank you so much for your support, and remember, el cielo es el límite.